You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. Even if you're not in any sort of ministry, just being a Christian, don't deter from what God has appointed you to do. What is He appointed to do? To be a light in the midst of a dark world. Don't deter from that. One commentator, one commentator said this, Once again we see the maturity of a great man of faith. As he saw the good of God in every circumstance. This is a mark of spiritual maturity. Immaturity leaves us to worry and fret, but maturity gives us experience under our belts. I like that. Salvation is an incredible gift that we are invited to receive. Pastor Dave teaches today that the message of the gospel is not something we produce. Rather, the gospel is something that God creates and we receive. Obedience to God is possible because of what He does in and through you. Now here's Pastor Dave with part two of his message entitled, Obedient to the Call. Paul was deterred. Look at verse 21. For these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. The word deter here carries the notion of discouragement. It carries the notion of something or someone preventing you from processing or proceeding in your task. Why did the Jews want to kill Paul? Why did the Jews want to kill Paul? Well, the first reason is because he taught repentance. Was Paul teaching anything different than John the Baptist or Jesus? No. He was teaching repentance. Secondly, because he was going to the Gentiles. The filth of the earth, the Gentiles, the dogs. This is why they wanted to kill him. See, repent. Wasn't a very popular message back then. Good news for you. Not a very popular message today either. It's not a very popular. What do you mean repent? Most people think they have it all together. Most people think that what they're doing and how they're living is totally okay. I'm okay, you're okay, you live your life, I'll live my life. Whatever works. You know, even if people think or believe in heaven, they think they can get there on their own. Sinner? Me? No way. How dare you call me a sinner? How dare you? What do I have to repent of? I believe that the Jews wanting to kill Paul What's the plot of Satan's to thwart the, prog- thwart the progress of the gospel? Just like I told you, anyone who enters into ministry of any sort, anybody who decides that they're going to do something for the Lord, you will have persecution from the evil one. Some things will get in your way, even just coming to church. How many people do you meet on a, every Sunday? How many people do you meet on a daily basis? On, I'm going to go to church. See, the worst thing somebody can tell me when I very first time I see them And I hear this all the time, and I'm not trying to be glib or or making a joke about it, but this is serious. People come to church here, and I greet them, and they go, man, I loved it. This was great. I'll be here every Sunday from now on. You never see them again. People make a decision to go to church. What's the first thing that happened? (laughs) What happened to you this morning? How many of you have stories about what you did try to get out of the house? You think that just happened? You think that's just coincidence? Try being in ministry. No. Satan wants to thwart any effort that you have to draw close to Christ. 
He wants to thwart any effort you have of spreading the gospel. He wants to thwart any effort that you might be doing forward. We have an enemy. You might think that that person who's railing at you is your enemy, but no, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers of the air and darkness that we wrestle against. Anyone who answers the call to ministry will be a target of Satan. They will come and deter your ministry, regardless of what that is. It can either be collectively or it can be, excuse me, either individually or collectively as a church. This is bad news. This is bad news. And some of you are thinking, well, then why would I want to be obedient to the call? Because of the good news. Don't fret, my Christian friends, because here comes the good news. Verse 22a, therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand, witnessing both great and small. Here we see the next action. Paul was divinely helped. Though Paul was deterred, he was discouraged, he was persecuted by the Jews, God helped him. You know what I call this? This is one of those but God statements. This is a but God statement. Yes, Satan tried to to deter me, Paul says, but God helped me. Paul says, I've been persecuted by the Jews for witnessing and encouraging the Gentiles to repent and to believe upon the name Jesus, but God gave me strength to stand. I once was lost, but God saved me, and now I'm found. Paul was standing on the strength of the Lord. He was standing there. He was was there. He said, to this day I stand. What are you standing on, Paul? The foundation, the rock of Jesus Christ. Because he is our help, an ever-present help in time of trouble. He is our help. He is the one that we call to in our need. Paul would write to the Ephesians in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. This is what I see Paul, an example here today. Standing strong in the Lord. Standing strong in the Lord in his power, his strength. Remember Paul's darkest hour in that dark cell that night? Jesus came to visit him. You have good cheer, Paul. Take courage. You're doing such a good job for me. Wow. That's what Scripture does for us. It fills us. In spite of the repeated dangers, and in spite of the repeated discouragements, Paul remained obedient to the call and the vision that Jesus Christ gave to him. Nothing moved him or deterred him from following that thing. And this should be a call to us. Even if... You're not in any sort of ministry. Just being a Christian, don't deter from what God has appointed you to do. What has he appointed you to do? To be a light in the midst of a dark world. Don't deter from that. One commentator commentator said this, once again, we see the maturity of a great man of faith as he saw the good of God in every circumstance. This is a mark of spiritual maturity. Immaturity leaves us to worry and fret, but maturity gives us experience under our belts. I like that. I like that. And I know that many of you have seen this very thing in your lives over the years. I know that you've seen God do miraculous things in your lives. He has delivered you time and time and time again from various circumstances. I know this. I've seen it. He's delivered you from trials. You've seen it. Now, what's neat about it is because you've seen it, this is not theory. This is not someone else's teaching. You've experienced this firsthand. This is truth. This is knowledge that you have firsthand from God. You've seen it work. This now should be your confidence. 
knowing that God will bring beauty from ashes, knowing that he will use bad situations for good. This is our call, and we can stand firm on this in confidence. We will get help in our time of need by God. So Paul was not disobedient to the call. He didn't delay in carrying out his ministry purpose to be a minister and witness, although he was deterred by Satan and tried to, who tried to thwart his plans. He was divinely helped, and finally, we see Paul delivered the message. Paul now delivers the message. Look at verses 22b and 23. Saying no other things than those which the prophets of Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead, and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. This is Paul's message. In a nutshell, the gospel. This is the gospel. Paul is declaring the gospel. He's saying the gospel hasn't changed. The gospel hasn't changed. It's the same gospel that Moses was preaching. It's the same gospel that the prophets were talking about. The only thing that changed, fellas, is the messenger, me. That's the only thing that's changed. It was the same one that Moses said. You know, Paul would write another detailed description of the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. See, Paul didn't make this gospel up. He received it. He received it. He didn't receive it from man. He received it from Jesus Christ himself, according to Galatians 1, verses 11 and 12. And then he delivered it. This wasn't Paul's gospel in the sense that he created it or he fashioned it. It was Paul's gospel because he believed it. And it was true in his life. And when you tell somebody the gospel message, when you declare the gospel message in front of somebody, you better well believe what you're saying. Because they can tell if you don't. They learned that in the Truth Project. Do you believe what you believe to be really true? Do you show that to others? When you're talking to somebody about the Lord, do they see the happiness in the Lord? Do they see you? Are you living in front of somebody the way that Christ would live? Are you, are you, are you ex- being an example of Christ's love to them? Because if not, they can tell. If it's not real to you, it certainly won't be real to them. The great Spurgeon said this, Notice that the preacher does not make the gospel. If he makes it, it's not worth having. Origin, originality in preaching, if it be originality in the statement of doctrine, is falsehood. We are not makers and inventors. We are repeaters. We tell the message we've received. I like that. I can't change the gospel. It's not mine to change. I can't water it down, nor can I fluff it up. It is what it is. Christ died. Sorry. He died. But he died for our sins. And he was raised on the third day. Paul says, to this day, I haven't changed the message nor have I failed to share what I know is true. Paul simply shared with others what he learned and experienced as a follower of Christ. And that's what you do. You share with others what you've learned as a follower of Christ, what Christ has taught you personally. Do you take what we learn here? Do you take these things and apply these things to your lives? Do you take the Word of God and read it and then apply it? Or are you just a reader? James clearly said, be a doer of the Word. Do we read it and glean from it that which should change our lives and that's what we should do? Or we just read it? Oh, this is a nice story. Paul's message was not manufactured. He says it was based on scriptures and Old Testament scriptures at that. They didn't even have the New Testament. 
These were Old Testament scriptures. As Paul describes the gospel, it's important to notice that this gospel is not insightful teaching or good advice. At the core of the gospel are the things that actually happen. They are real historical events. The gospel isn't a matter of religious opinions, platitudes, fairy tales, but about real historical events. And we take these historical events, and now they have spiritual meanings to us because they actually happen. Again, God loves Spurgeon. Our religion is not based upon opinions, but upon facts. We hear persons sometimes saying, those are your views and these are our views. Whatever your views may be as a small matter, what are the facts? What are the facts considering the Bible? Again, don't present them as your views. Present them as what they are, facts. The facts of life. We can do the same thing. We can share with others what God has done in our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We need to share that. We need to be real with people. We share what we were, the bad and the ugly, dead in our trespasses, in our sins. But God delivered us through the blood of Jesus Christ. And by that blood, we were cleansed from all sin. God gave us the hope of eternal life through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit, we now walk in the newness of life. That's good news. And that's what we share because that's the truth. The message hasn't changed in over 2,000 years. It's still a message of hope. It's still a message to bring salvation. It's still a message of eternal life. See, Paul was true to the vision that the Lord had given him. We need to be true to our vision as well, not only as a church, but individually as well. The vision that the Lord gave you, we need to be true to that. It's one thing to have a great vision at the beginning. Many of us are good starters, Many of us start many projects. Many of us have all kinds of projects laying all around the place that we started because we're good starters. I can start the project with the best of them. It's completing it where the problem lies. It's getting it done where the problem is. Are you a great starter or can you say, no, I'm going to finish well. I'm going to finish this race well. Because as we start, what happens when you start a project? I know what happens to me. I start a project and something goes wrong. <clears throat> set it aside. And I pick up the next project and I start that until something goes wrong and I set that aside. Pretty soon there's no room for me in the project room because there's nothing but unsolved projects in there. Well, that's what's going to happen in ministry. That's what's going to happen in your Christian walk. You're going to start out on fire. You're going to start out on fire for the Lord. You're going to start really, really witnessing and really trusting in the Lord, and all of a sudden, guess what? Something's going to happen. There's going to be problems. Hard times will hit. Circumstances will go bad. What are you going to do? Like I've heard many, many times, well, you know, Christianity may work for you, but it doesn't work for me. You're right. Christianity doesn't work for me. God does. But that's what they say. It doesn't really work. It's good for you. I'm really happy for you. How are you going to finish? Satan comes and thwarts your plans. He throws circumstances and situations. And the next thing you know, you're, you're questioning your calling. You're questioning your calling. God, have you really called me to do this? This looks pretty crazy. There's an awful lot of crazy thing going on. Discouragement lurks at every corner. You fail to see fruit and you start asking your question, what are you doing? Are you sure you called me? Did you get the right person? But God has called you and he will strengthen you. 
And he will be your help in time of need. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. Because the scriptures tell us that. And God is faithful. Faithful to do those things he's called. And a life verse that's giving more and more important to me. I have so many life verses. The Bible is my life verse. But one that you've heard here many, many different times. And you'll hear it again today because I just love it. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This is our call. Be steadfast and movable. They can't move me. I'm, why? Because I'm attached to the rock of Jesus Christ. I can't be moved. I in him, him in me. I can't be moved. The fact that Paul continued was proof of his conversion and the evidence of the faithfulness of God. It was God that saved him by his grace. And it was God that enabled Paul to serve him by that same grace. Paul would later say... In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10, Paul would say this, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me. What about us? Can we say the same things? God has called us in the ministry. God has given to us a purpose. He's given to us an aim. He's given to us a message. It was God that called us by his grace to salvation. It was God that enables us to serve him by his grace. We then, in turn, by faith, we become obedient to his call. We don't delay. We're going to be deterred. We're going to be slowed up. We're going to be discouraged. We're going to be be troubled. Situations will arise where we're going to question our calling. We have an enemy, but we have divine help. God is on our side. We win. We have a message to deliver, a message that that never changes, a message of hope, a message of forgiveness, a message of everlasting life. That's our call. You know how much I like music and how much I'm always adding music to the messages and stuff like that. There are a couple things about this this, this, this song that's been popular lately by Stetis Curvis Chapman. It's called For the Sake of the Call. I don't know if you've heard it or not. The first lines are, we will abandon it all for the sake of the call. No other reason at all but the sake of the call. Wholly devoted, we live and to die for the sake of the call. And this is the verse that really struck me out of all of these. It says, not for the sake of a creed or a cause, not for a dream or a promise, simply because it was Jesus who called. And if we will believe, we'll obey. I love that. Simple. It's simple. Stepping out in faith and being obedient to the call, knowing that you're all called to salvation. We are all called to salvation. We are all called with a specific purpose and a specific aim. We are all called with a specific message, a message that transforms lives. God has called you. Has He placed a burden upon your heart for something, for someone? Has He placed a burden of your heart? a specific area. Don't abandon God's call. Step out in faith and be obedient to that which he's called you to do and the call he's placed upon you. We've all been called to salvation. That's the first place to start. It is always the first place to start. Salvation. Maybe, just maybe, you made a commitment for salvation a while back. Who knows how many years. Maybe that's waned a bit. 
maybe because of circumstances, because of situations in your life, because of things that happen, maybe you've become disillusioned, discouraged. Maybe you've pulled away a little bit from your brothers and sisters. Maybe you've pulled even more from God. Remember, it was you that separated from yourself from God, not God separating himself from you. You chose to pull yourself back. Maybe you're drifting. Maybe that fire is gone that used to be there that was just pumped into your veins and you, you just couldn't wait to be at church. You couldn't, couldn't wait to tell somebody about the gospel. Maybe those things have happened in your life and you've drifted. God is here to tell you today that he's called you for such a time as this. He's called you to continue on. Continue on, Christian. Continue on to the call that he's given you. Continue on. He has indeed called you. And he now asked you to step out in faith and be obedient to that call. Won't you be obedient to that call? Won't you make a difference because God has called you? Time is growing short. This age of grace is shrinking fast. We don't know how much time we have left, and we all pray, Maranatha, Lord, come. We prayed that this morning, but I know in our hearts we have children. We have loved ones, husbands, wives, families. We have brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers. We have friends at work who aren't saved yet. And that should be a big burden for us. That should be a big, big burden for us because we don't want them to be left behind. We don't want them to be separated from God. We want them to know. We want them to know the righteous one. We want them to know Jesus Christ. We want them to come in to the kingdom and enjoy the inheritance that we've been given. That should be the burden that God has now placed on our hearts. How you reach them, that's between God and you. God will show you how to reach them. God will give you the words to speak to them. God will give you the words to speak life into situations. Just when you don't think you can speak, the Holy Spirit will nudge you. Heard a great testimony on Wednesday night about someone being nudged to talk to a doctor and explain the gospel to the doctor and pray with a doctor. You know, who would think of that? To talk to someone like that, someone in a high position, a place where we esteem, you know, we esteem these people. But being placed in that position, God has called you and he will nudge you and the spirit will go now. And you speak and things happen, life gets transformed. There's a possibility that another soul might, might be in heaven. Wow. We can't miss the chance. We can't take a chance that someone else will do it. Time is now, Christians, as the time draws an end. Time is now. Won't you answer the call? Won't you be obedient to the call of God that he's placed upon your life? Maybe it's salvation. Maybe it's coming home. Maybe you're a prodigal and you just showed up today. Maybe, maybe you've been drifting. Time to come home. Come back to God. He's called you. He loves you. And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. That's chapter 4, verse 31 of the book Pastor Dave is currently teaching through, Acts. You've been listening to Cape Watch Radio, the radio ministry of Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May, in Cape May, New Jersey. 
CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at info at capewatchradio.com. That's info at capewatchradio.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Calvary Chapel, Cape May, can be downloaded from our website at www.capewatchradio.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place your order, you can always call us at 609-884-5821. We'll be happy to help you. Again, our phone number is 609-884-5821. Perhaps today's message was exactly what you're looking for in a church? If you don't have a home church and you sense God is calling you to walk in obedience to Him by being a part of the body of believers, please join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Pastor Dave also shares in-depth Bible studies every Wednesday night at 6.30. For more information, including driving directions, visit capewatchradio.com. We hope to see you soon. Now please place a marker in your Bibles and make plans to join us again. Pastor Dave will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Acts, right here on Cape Watch Radio.